welcome to another episode of Woe So Daily. I am Joey. Apologies once again. I'm going to have to run this thing solo. I couldn't find a co-host for today. Again, I apologize. I'm going to try and get a co-host uh, in the future because I know these things are a lot more fun to listen to when you have multiple perspectives on all these games. But I'll do the best I can again. Uh, and we will start with what was probably the most entertaining game of the day and a really, really interesting result in this Women's World Cup. England advances over Nigeria, not a surprise, but only via penalty kicks. They went down to 10 after Lauren James stepped on someone. Maybe don't do that in the future. Um, they had a penalty that was called back in the first half, uh, England did, that I think probably should have stood, and maybe that could have uh, gotten them the win in regular time, but that penalty was called back. Lauren James picked up that red card, and England must have been biting their nails in this one. Nigeria, to their credit, had quite a few chances uh, to score uh, you know, good sh- shots and opportunities in and around the 18, one that hit the bar. And at you know one stage, it looked like Nigeria was right in there and could have grabbed a winner. But ultimately, England were able to survive with 10 through extra time, go into penalties, and win 4-2 Chloe Kelly with the decisive spot kick. I don't know what this means for England, because they had closed out the group stage with a remarkable win over China. I think the uh, yeah the final was 6-1 in that game. So after that, you expected England to just roll. I talked about Nigeria being a very good side, uh, having Oshwala up top and Ndozi in net, and being able to create opportunities but and defend well enough to maybe sneak something out i didn't really see it though because you know as as much as i like to be an optimist and provide kind of the devil's advocate take as to why the underdog has a shot england's just playing so well that one of those goals goes in two certainly and you expect england to win but because nigeria nadozier played a great game uh, and they were able to keep it close. Uh, by the way, Oshuala started on the bench again. I'm not sure if there was injury involved. I, I don't know why, but I believe that's back-to-back games with her starting on the bench, which is interesting to me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. She started the Ireland game. I, I believe she started on the bench another game in this World Cup, but she started on the bench in this one, which certainly would have... Um, made any Nigeria fans uh, a little even, even more scared that they weren't going to be able to generate anything up top. She ended up having a chance in extra time that she missed, and that could have uh, won it for Nigeria. But Nigeria did what they had to in the 120 minutes, just couldn't get it done in penalties. I'm sure if you told them before the game that you would go to penalties against England, they would take it. But at the end of the day, the outcome from the spot wasn't what they had hoped, and they go down. England pulling it out just enough uh, to get the job done. They're going to need to do better, though, in the next game against either Colombia or Jamaica because both those teams had the firepower to hurt them and with Lauren James suspended for at least the next game, if not more, because of that deliberate uh, deliberate stomp on, I forget whose chest it was, um, from the Nigeria team. She is, or it has been, their major attacking force These uh, the, the last two group stage matches. And so with her out, do they go back to kind of that first game uh, of England not creating too many chances and having to sneak a goal in here or there? 
Uh, I, I think we'll see what happens. But ultimately, if you are England, you've got to be somewhat concerned with this performance heading into most likely Colombia, but maybe even Jamaica too, in the next game. But we will move on. Uh, shout out Nigeria for the run that they were able to put in. And touch on the hosts, Australia, continuing their run of form. They had to advance. They had to win uh, against Canada to advance into the round of 16 on the final match day of the group. Did so with flying colors, a 4-0 win to give themselves that momentum. And now they continue it against Denmark, a 2-0 win. Goals were scored by Caitlin Ford and Haley Rasso. Sam Kerr checked in for the first time in this World Cup. So just a good, good night all around to be an Aussie. They came out, put in a pretty good performance. Denmark had a good bit of chances, though, more than I think the scoreline would indicate. Harder had quite a few chances um, to, you know, score a goal even early when it was still nil-nil. She couldn't quite get the job done up top in front of net. Those days happen. Uh and I'm not going to just put the blame on her. There were plenty of chances uh, for Denmark to grab a goal in this one. They had more possession. They had more shots. But ultimately, Australia, spurred on by the home crowd, grabs the win, gets their stars some minutes. It is, It was the perfect game, really, for Australia. And they will go into uh, the quarterfinals with just a ton of confidence, even though they are most likely going to play France. I still, if I'm Australia, am confident in the way that this team is playing. And if Sam Kerr is able to play even 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I think even though the money might be on France, I don't think it would be a surprise to me for Australia to win that game just because they are finding their form at the right time. And with that home crowd, as we've seen in this World Cup and in past ones, anything is possible. I am certainly rooting for the Matildas because I do love seeing that home crowd really spur on a team and be a kind of driving force and a story uh, to come out of this World Cup. So I'm hoping uh, for good things from Australia for the rest of this World Cup. Uh, shout out Haley Rassel, by the way. She's just been absolutely incredible for Australia. Kind of saved them in that last game with those two goals. Um, she scored those first two in the first half against Canada that... Uh, were ultimately the winner in the brace and provided all the cushion that Australia needed to win that one. And then scoring again in this one, uh, the second goal to really seal this one off. Shout out Australia, making the most of their chances and progressing to the quarterfinals. For Denmark, uh, I think kind of a, a mediocre World Cup, honestly. Even though they've played well at times, they kind of just, you know, crawled their way out of the group just because they were able to beat China 1-0 and able to beat Haiti 2-0, which were kind of the results that we expected, but never really, you know, I guess showed any real strength in either of those games that made me think that they were capable of a ton in this World Cup and then going out 2-0 to Australia in the round of 16. I think they would have hoped for better, and so maybe a time to regroup for them and come back stronger next time. Congrats to Australia. They move on. We can touch on the two games that are still to come in these round of, in this round of 16, the last two games of this round of 16. The first one at 4 a.m. on the East Coast. I will not be getting up for this one. Uh, Colombia and Jamaica. Jamaica is, I think, to me, the uh, question mark here. Bunny Shaw comes back. Didn't have a ton. Um, 
of chances last game didn't create a ton of opportunities for Jamaica albeit in a tough game against Brazil but you would hope that as Brazil opened up Jamaica were able to get a bunch of chances and they got one or two but not really the looks that you were you would be hoping to get and I'm not going to say that this Colombia team's better than Brazil but they're certainly on form better than Brazil right now uh they they are coming in flying so for Jamaica I think the question is can you produce the chances necessary to win this game cuz albeit without Bunny Shaw they weren't really chance creating machines against Panama either so that's going to be a problem for them for Colombia I think this is a very very simple story it is Again, that question of was Linda Caicedo injured? She played the full 90 last time. I I suppose that she's going to start again. I haven't seen anything definitive that she'll be out. So I think she'll start again and probably continue her run of dominance at this World Cup. Uzme, Santos, I mean, up top for Colombia are weapons and they will hurt any team in this tournament. I think they have shown that in the group stage and we'll show it again this Columbia side is really really coalescing in front of our eyes and they look like a real task to beat so Spencer has been massive in net for Jamaica I'm gonna predict that she's gonna need to pull off another great performance that defense is gonna need to hold firm the way that they were able to against France Panama and Brazil really zero goals right allowed in the group stage with France and Brazil that is a really big, really big deal. So I think because they've shown their ability to hold up against those sides, it wouldn't surprise me for them to go out here and hold Colombia to nothing. But with someone like Caicedo, who is just, I mean, a lightning bolt on the wing, I think it's a really, really tall task for them. My money would be on Colombia. Though, again, like I said with Nigeria, with Spencer in the form that she is in net, and with Bunny Shaw capable of doing magical things up top, I wouldn't count out Jamaica. I think they have just shown a lack of real attacking flair, and that may just come back to bite them if Colombia get an opener in this one. I don't know what Jamaica's re- response will be, just given the fact that they've only scored one in the group stage. But, again... They conceded zero, so if they're able to keep that up, they might just be in for a fun day. And in the other game, France-Morocco, this is one that I think Doe Island has in his model of virtually 100% or 99.9% for France. I am giving Morocco a slightly higher chance than that because they were able to pull off the miracle after losing 6-0 to Germany in their first game, 1-0 wins against South Korea, which you know, is understandable, but then doing it against Colombia in the final game when Colombia, you know, was in form and then Morocco comes in and grabs the one, no win, just a magical, magical night. That was for Morocco. This one's going to need to be even more than that because France is a powerhouse. We saw that, um, really come to pass in that Brazil game where they traded punches. I mean, those are two of the world's heavyweights going back and forth and getting the win in that one and then coming out and putting six on Panama. The issue for me is that they conceded three against Panama. They conceded one against Brazil and they were held scoreless in that Jamaica game. So what it shows to me is just real inconsistency from this France team. If they're able to put it together, like they were six goals against Panama and even the two against Brazil, which means a lot to me, then I think they can get the job done. On the flip side, they are giving up goals. 
and their attack hasn't necessarily fired on all cylinders in every single game, right? That nil-nil versus Jamaica looms large. So I don't really know what to expect from this France team. I think even a poor France team has enough to beat uh, Morocco because Diani won play. She can change the game. One set piece for Reynard to get her head on. I think everyone is expecting France to just roll through Morocco like it's nothing. I am also expecting the same thing, but I also, if it turns into some kind of real stalemate because France can't generate anything, it wouldn't surprise me given the fact that they have had problems doing that in this tournament against teams that aren't the strongest of sides. This isn't the United States, albeit the United States elimination. This isn't Japan or Spain. This is you know, Jamaica that they're struggling. This is Panama that they give up three against. So I don't really know. I'm hoping for Morocco, really, really hoping for Morocco as I generally root for these underdogs. But I think it might just be too tough a task. I'm a Moroccan though tomorrow, so we'll see what happens. This has been another solo episode. Again, I do apologize and I will try and get a second voice on the pod because I understand that it is a much more enjoyable listening experience with two people. But I do apologize, and I will try and get someone tomorrow. We are continuing our daily streak, though. Woso Daily, living up to its name. We'll be back tomorrow to recap those two games. And we don't really have any to preview, so it could be a very, very short pod tomorrow. But thank you for listening to Woso Daily. I really, really, really appreciate your listenership, as this is just kind of a startup thing, a short pod. But the fact that we've been able to generate you know, so many listens and so much interest is really... I'm really just grateful, and it's really a testament to you guys being awesome people. So uh, thank you so much, and until tomorrow, we'll see you.